Welcome back to Crossing the Jordan, everybody, for the last episode in this series on baptism. So today we're going to talk about a few things, few things uh, to wrap this series up about baptism. But first, let's talk about proper form. So proper form is that it has to be with water, and we're going to talk about the intricacies of that in a second. And it has to be in the name of the Father, Son, and in the Holy Spirit. So uh, that Trinitarian formula that Jesus told us to say in Matthew 28 when he told his apostles to go and to make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, the Trinitarian God, one God in three persons revealed in Jesus Christ. Anything other than that, such as I baptize you in the name of Jesus or in the name of the Lord Jesus, it is not valid. It has to be the Trinitarian formula as our Lord told us told us in Matthew 28. Uh, and we're going to talk about that in a second too. But also just note that uh, in baptism, every single Christian denomination that I'm aware of believes and knows that you have to have a minister, right? So you can't just like baptize yourself at your house. You you can't just be an isolated uh, by yourself and baptize yourself, right? And this just shows on one that we need the body of Christ. Not only that we need the body of the body of Christ, but it's actually the will of God that his uh, the human family would be united in Jesus so closely that we would need each other, literally need each other in order to receive God's graces. Um, and especially like in the sacrament of baptism, you need somebody else at all. And that's exactly how uh, Christ established in his church, that we would uh, have ministers in order to minister God's sacraments, all seven of them, including the Eucharist, confession. Nobody can just do it by themselves like they have to have a another member of the body of Christ to be baptized and we're going to be talking about confession soon too like that's why that's exactly how Jesus established it that we would be the body of Christ and he um, would work through us um, and especially most specifically in his ordained ministerial priesthood that his priests that are ordained with that indelible mark on their souls at the uh, at holy orders that they would be um, in persona Christi in the sacraments that they would that Jesus would actually act as the high priest through his his ministerial priests to the body of Christ to minister the sacraments and the graces and that includes baptism here and now so uh, and it, also just really quick since we're on that topic of who can baptize um, so it's it's typically from an, a minister of a church, specifically in the Catholic Church, it'd be a, a Catholic priest, right? So after somebody that is informed in the faith and they believe that uh, they believe everything that Jesus taught and they believe in the they believe in the, all the church's teachings because it's the fullness of truth and uh, Jesus established a church and so to be completely united in the body of Christ and ready to accept. Um, that baptism and to walk in the new the newness of life that it gives us but so it's typically an ordained minister however in the uh in the instance instances of god god forbid in case of emergency or anything like that there anybody can can baptize even a non-christian can baptize somebody so let's say uh an emergency situation happens where you know life is in danger they could literally turn to the person next to them that's an atheist or the person next to them that's not even a Christian and literally say, hey, I really want to be baptized. It doesn't even matter if you believe in them now, but here's some water. Can you please pour this over me three times and say, in the, in the, I baptize you in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. So uh, anybody can do it, and uh, specifically like in the case of an emergency like we just um, had, as an, had an ex- as an example. So... 
let's get back again to uh, what we first talked about, um, how it has to be in the Trinitarian formula that Jesus told us, in the name of the Father, Son, and of the Holy Spirit. So a lot of people, are, there's uh, other churches, other Christian uh, ecclesial communities um, of the Christian faith that baptize in the name of the Jesus, which is not valid. So where do they get that, though? They see it in the book of Acts, pretty pro- profoundly uh, um spread throughout the book of Acts that be baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus, be baptized in the name of Jesus, be baptized into Jesus Christ. And so uh, why does it say that in the book of Acts, all the apostles saying that when um, Jesus says Father, Son, Holy Spirit? Well, there's actually a really, really simple um, explanation for that. In the book of Acts, these they're, the Acts, the apostles themselves are going to evangelize and they're talking to people that they want to bring to faith in Jesus Christ, right? And so there were a bunch of different baptisms. There are ritual uh, uh, baptisms in the Jewish uh, in the Jewish religion. There's still today to, to this day. I think it's called like a, a diva or something like that, or a biva. I, I'm sorry, I forgot what it was. But um, you can go to Jerusalem today, and they still do these ritual uh, baths, which they would be called baptisms, right? And then you remember. Um, how John the Baptist, he was out in the wilderness baptizing a baptism of repentance. And we saw um, in our last episode when we were talking about the what the uh, the letters of the New Testament outside the gospel said about it, where Paul himself was asking the church, I believe is in Ephesus, um, when they said, I haven't even heard of the Holy Spirit, his very first question is, well, what have you been baptized into? And they said, John's baptism, you know, so there's a difference in these baptisms and that and the apostles, if they had to say every single time to talk about the baptism of Jesus that he uh, ministered, they had to say, we uh, come and be baptized in the name of the Father, Son and the Holy Spirit. It's just easier to say be baptized in the name of Jesus, because that is the authority that uh, the sacrament has been given that Jesus spoke um, to his ministers to go and do this, right? So it's in Jesus that we are baptized. And they're saying this as the, the Christian baptism that in order to distinguish it from all the other baptisms of that culture, whether it was the uh, Jewish uh, tradition, right? Because there was a bunch of ritual ritual um, baptisms and washings. And uh, even when they entered into the temple, they would uh, bat- they would cleanse themselves of that ritual water that was in the in the um almost like the like a baptismal font essentially before they entered into the temple to offer sacrifice. So all of these things um, added together means that they were just saying be baptized in the name of Jesus because that is the Christian form of baptism. But that doesn't show that they were actually when they were administering the 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 sacrament of baptism they were they were not saying Father Son Holy Spirit. And actually very very early on um, we have a. Uh, outside of the Bible, a document called the Didache. And I've talked about this before, I think, in several instances. But the Didache is Greek for the teaching, and is the teaching of the 12 apostles. Some uh, historical um, scholars have refer- have uh, put this, um, it's essentially a first century catechism because it explains almost everything about the Christian faith and what to do, what not to do, about confession, fasting, prayer, the Eucharist, uh, all of those things. And so, in chapter 7 of the Didache, the teaching of the apostles, they dated it, by the way, in like right around 50 or 60 to 70 AD, so very early on. These are the same time that the majority of the New Testament letters and uh, the Gospels were written, 
it was right in the middle of this, this teaching of the 12. And it says, it says this, baptize in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. So there you go already that that's confirming what Jesus taught and it's showing that the apostles themselves baptized in, in the Trinitarian formula. And it was just that they were saying, be baptized in the name of Jesus to distinguish the Christian baptism for other from others. The second step in the Didache, after saying to be baptized in the, in the Trinitarian formula, is baptize in running water. But if you have no running water, then baptize in some other water. Number three, baptize in cold water. But if you do not have cold water, then use warm water. Step four, if you do not have a place with water, then pour water on the head three times in the name of the Father and Son and Holy Spirit. Number five, before the baptism, the one doing the baptizing and the one being baptized are to fast for one or two days beforehand. And so this is a first century um, uh, document that's showing, one, that it's a Trinitarian formula, but two, it the water, it's, it says, you know, use uh, running water, but if you have no running water, then baptize in some other water. Uh, baptize in cold water. If you don't have that, use warm water. And if you don't have a place with running water or just a basin of water to go into like a lake or a pond or a river, then just take water and pour it over their head three times in the the Trinitarian formula, right? And that's, there's a lot of Christians that believe that uh, they need to be baptized in like a body of water. But that's because Jesus was baptized in the body of water. And that is completely valid. That's awesome. Praise the Lord. But um, in the in the sacrament, you're not confined to do that. In the very first century, the apostles were teaching that, you know, there's all these instances of being baptized and, and all these different instances of if you're like in a lack of cold water or running water and how to do that. And you can still administer the sacrament of baptism. And then that last uh, step, just a, a cool, another uh, tidbit, is that it's talking about fasting in order uh, leading up to ba- baptism. And still to this day in the Catholic Church, we fast from, uh, we fast up until, you know, like for that day or whatever, for, and you come to minister uh, um, to receive baptism. And before that, you like kind of like, you renounce all the all of Satan, all of his works and all of his lies and evil deeds. And you, so you're repenting of anything that you may have done and all the bondages of, um, uh, of that life and you're turning towards Jesus now and then you're baptized. And this also just goes to show the, that we have this um, extra biblical text from the very first century. It shows um, the, the power and the, uh, the power of sacred tradition, right? Because baptism is a part of sacred tradition. It's a part of the deposit of faith from the apostles given to them from Jesus. And this is, this is exactly what um, why this helps is because it is implicitly found in Scripture, but not everything in Scripture was uh, is the full the fullness of Jesus's sayings, his teachings, or the apostles' sayings or teachings, right? And so this is why we need tradition because I believe that everything that is in tradition is implicitly or explicitly found in Scripture, because everything um, that I've ever heard, like, uh, it's all right there in scripture, but you find it explicitly in tradition too. So this is a perfect example that we need to, we need the tradition to hold fast to the actual teachings of Jesus and the apostles that were given the deposit of faith of divine revelation from Jesus himself, the word of God from all eternity. And so this is why we need the hold to hold fast to the tradition, not necessarily traditions that are just 
found nowhere in scripture because I truly believe every single thing that I've ever researched about the Catholic faith, it's all profoundly in scripture. But even if it's implicit or it's not explicit, like it's not a single verse that it says, uh, you know, have running water. If you don't have running water, then use just some other water. Like it's implicitly found there. But it's explicitly found in tradition, and that makes, and therefore it holds fast to the actual teachings of Jesus and the apostles. For one, and two, it protects us, and three, it frees us. Like it's so freeing to know the truth, and we don't have to just be fighting over our own interpretations of Scripture. And it actually makes Scripture come alive, and that's what it did for me. It made Scripture come alive. Just read it through the eyes of the first century Jewish people, the eyes of the writers themselves, the apostles that knew Jesus or the apostles. And uh, yeah, it just makes Scripture completely come alive. And then uh, I was just recently reading about how um, some people believe that baptism is not necessary for salvation, but we've already seen what the Old Testament said about that, prefiguring baptism. We've seen what Jesus says about about that, that unless you're um, saved or unless you're born of water and the Spirit, you will not enter the kingdom of God. And we saw what the apostles said about it, especially like St. Peter, baptism now saves you. Um, and it said, like a lot of people believe baptism is symbolic and that you just need faith. And that, and ironically, is from a Baptist tradition. Um, and so, but... Uh, and it's just a, like a form of an expression of your faith. That's what baptism is. It's like they believe that it's a symbol or just an expression of your faith. And But have we, as we have seen, that's not the case for one. But two, of course you need faith <laughs> in order to be baptized. It wouldn't make sense to be baptized and not know what you're doing or to be baptized and not believe in Jesus. Like, of course, your faith is a prerequisite to anything in the Christian life. You have to have your faith in Jesus in order to be baptized. And that's actually... Uh, what the church requires. It requires full consent, knowledge, and uh, awareness, and a, a desire for baptism in order to receive baptism. And as we have seen in scripture, as it goes for like infants or people that uh, can't express it on their own, their parents can, right? Just like in the Old Testament, the parents brought their very own eight-day-old eight child to enter into the covenantal relationship with God through circumcision. Now in the new covenant, baptism is the new circumcision, and now parents on their on uh, uh, on the behalf of their children, they can bring them to the covenantal relationship in the new covenant with Jesus. Um, and so, we need to yes, we need to absolutely need to have faith. It's not just but once we have faith, we need to have faith in what Jesus taught us and what his apostles taught us, and that is we need to be baptized in order to re, to be entered into the kingdom of God, to re, have our sins wiped away, to be a temple of the Holy Spirit, to be a son, a daughter of God, and all of those things that come along with baptism. And uh, But, you know, your faith precedes that, and then you're, you listen to the voice of Jesus, and he says you need to be baptized. So, um, uh, so yeah. And then so... Do you need to be baptized? As we've talked about, we have seen that. But what if somebody is uh, is never um, doesn't have access to baptism or never heard of Jesus? Or and we're going to talk about this in salvation, but this is just a little taste of it. Or what about people that are um, like they're going through catechesis and somebody passes away before reaching the baptismal waters? Well, just like Saint Paul says in First Corinthians five five twelve, is that 
we cannot judge people outside the church. God does that. And so we are we are bound to the sacraments when we are, come to the knowledge of the truth of Jesus, but God is not, which means that God's grace can reach anybody. And actually, for the especially for the people that um, desire baptism before, but they never made it because something happened in life that their life uh, tragically like ended before they reached the waters of baptism— there's still incredible hope that Jesus saved them because he already had that baptismal grace working in his life, right? Because we are saved completely by grace and uh, all we need to do is respond. And they were already responding to that grace by the very fact of them desiring baptism and wanting to come into the body of Christ through baptism and into this newness of life in Jesus. And so it's the grace of God that saves us and they were responding and therefore therefore we've, we have great hope that they truly were saved, you know? And same with the 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 man on the one of the uh the men on the cross next to Jesus who repented one uh there's no telling that he actually wasn't baptized a lot of people assume well there you go Jesus just said that he's going to be with him in paradise and he was never baptized well it doesn't say he wasn't baptized he could have been a follower of Jesus you know um he could have been baptized but let's just for the sake of argument let's say that he was not baptized and uh, he just came to know the Lord right there. Well, he fully repented and he was suffering for that repentance and he was literally being crucified with Jesus. And so that's what we're all called to do, right? So Jesus says, take up your cross or if you don't take up your cross, you're not worthy to be my disciple and that we have to suffer with Christ in order to have the glory of Christ. That's what St. Paul says. And so he was suffering for his sins, one, directly with Jesus on 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 Calvary, but two, he was repentant. He was truly repentant, and he uh, and he turned from his sin. He said that yes, I did do this. I do deserve this, and I'm sorry, Jesus. Please uh, remember me when you come into your kingdom. Whereas the other uh, man, the other uh, criminal on the other cross, he didn't repent. Right. So like. Uh, God's grace was Jesus's grace from from the cross that was right next to the repentant sinner on the cross. He was repentant because of the grace of Christ, and therefore God can can save him. You know, so that doesn't uh, show that in this extraordinary matter. That doesn't mean that in the ordinary matter that Jesus gave us for grace when He says, "Unless you're born of water and of spirit, you shall not enter the kingdom of God." Or that to be baptized in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. That doesn't invalidate that. That actually just shows the grace of God is he wants us all to be baptized, but um, along with that, the baptism requires faith and repentance, and God's grace can reach us uh, anywhere. So, uh, yeah, I hope this this was a a helpful series of baptism, and I'm praying for you all, and we're going to be talking about the sacrament of confirmation next. (laughs) 